welcome to another episode of the Aquatic Mentors podcast. I'm your host, Katrina Van Eyck. And in this episode, I continue my interview with swim teacher, fitness instructor, and TikTok star, Angela Wilde. Angela talks about the influences and mentors who have helped her along her journey and the way she targets audiences through her TikTok videos. She shares her dream for the aquatic industry to come together and work towards the goal of water safety and drowning prevention in a more unified way. I'm also excited to announce that my passion project, Regional Swim Clinics Training Academy, is ready to launch. At Regional Swim Clinics Training Academy, I offer masterclasses which complement your development into the great teacher or coach you know you are. All of the courses are designed to be easy on your wallet and time while giving you a wealth of knowledge to take and implement in your next lesson or squad session. Each course covers a new specialised topic that enhances your teaching and coaching skills, inspiring you and your swimmers to achieve your best. Every quarter I will be adding new courses so keep popping back to find out what specialised topics you can learn more about. So to find out more about my masterclasses at Regional Swim Clinics Training Academy, go to the website regionalswimclinics.com.au and click on the courses section in the menu bar on the website. There it will take you to the masterclass landing page and you'll be able to follow through and find a course that suits you from there. With today's episode, as always, share the hidden gems you find in Angela's interview on our Facebook page, Aquatic Mentors, and you will find her contact details listed at the end of the show notes. If you want to share your aquatic story, please contact me via my email, regionalswimclinics at outlook.com. And also check out our website for aquaticmentors.com.au for our season one ebook. So let's dive in and find out more about Angela's journey in swimming. What's the biggest lesson you've learned in swimming so far? We've touched on a few. Is there any others that stand out? I'm going to humble myself here in the sense of I think the biggest lesson and the biggest takeaway is never stop being open to learning. Never stop being open to learning because when you feel like you have learned it all is when you need to jump off that cliff and go learn more. That's when you need to crack books. That's when you need to start talking to people. That's when you need to go to more conferences or learn a different, like you said, with your friend who's an actress, sometimes it's the most out of left field thing that sparks a passion that changes the way you teach. Learn some kind of new skill because no matter what, I always think it always comes back to, you can always always use that in the pool. And again, this kind of circles back to how we always wear different hats. You're always gonna use it somehow, somewhere, some way because for those of us that are gonna be successful and are successful in this industry, you have to be sort of a jack of all trades and have a good understanding and be able to sort of wear a lot of hats and be mindful of it and be open to change and growth and not stagnation. So I think that would be 
the key to just staying humble and staying open to growing and staying open to learning new things. And even though it's really, really scary, just learn TikTok, learn a new, oh my gosh, I'm going to speak for personal experience. For those of you out there, you'll understand this. I hate Excel. Excel scares the living daylights out of me. And I have forced myself to sit down with the Excel for Dummies book because spreadsheets and data collection for those in our industry is important and having that skill set can help. So I think just being just being open to always being a student and always being open to learning because you can always expand your toolbox in whatever capacity. And at the end of the day, it's going to make you a better swim instructor, a better boss, a better mentor, a better person. Yeah. So on that, and that's a perfect segue into what you do now and how I connected with you and how I fell in love with what you're doing. How do you find like your connection, the learning of TikTok and how your TikTok videos have brought change on to your career and the way you teach swimming? What got you into it and how has that impacted what you do? Uh, Great question. Thank you for asking. TikTok for me was two things. Talking about overcoming fear and learning a new toolbox. I had always been envious of all these content creators creating these amazing videos on different things, whether, I mean, there's a host of different categories. I said to myself, you know what, this TikTok thing scares me to death. And I know many of you out there listening are going to understand what I'm about to say. I was one of these people talking about being a student at Open to Learning for years. I was like, TikTok, it's that 16-year-old app thing. It's just these kids doing these dances, whatever. And then my husband was over here going, it's Chinese spyware. Don't ever do it. They're going to steal your identity. It's, yeah. I'm just being truthful, you all. Just, it's married life. Yeah. And so I did TikTok for originally the sole purpose of learning a new skill and doing something that scared the living daylights out of me. And that is creating video content. You know, I was comfortable as with everyone else using photos uh, filters and highlights, but I just had a lot that I felt like I wanted to say, and I felt like there were some things that I wasn't saying that probably need to be brought out and talked about more or highlighted. So I started off kind of just doing TikToks as a creative outlet, and it has narrowed, and I've, as I've kind of gone through this, I've sort of narrowed the focus down on to really what my voice and what I personally want to use TikTok for and social media for. And I understand that everyone's journey through this particular medium might be different because either you work for a municipal pool or you work for an employer. So you may not have the creative freedom that I have to create content, but we can all use, and I do believe this, that we all can use this medium if for nothing else, nothing else to continue to reach a new audience and a new generation and educate them about water safety. Because the audience that is currently using TikTok is not just 16 year olds and 14 year olds, it is everyone. And TikTok now is starting to become one of the largest e-commerce platforms. It's been used so much more for advertising. So why not? take this amazing platform and this medium and use it for our own advocacy. And that is, if I can reach that one mom who maybe never realized that she should put a pool fence 
or maybe had never even thought about drowning, she watches my TikTok for 10 seconds and is like, that's really funny, but I also never thought about that. Mm. I think collectively, imagine if all of us aquatic experts and drowning prevention advocates started to do this. I have really high hopes that we could make waves of change in the next generation to where this has such a capacity for outreach and education and awareness that I'd love to see everybody kind of run with it. I really would. You know, and then taking it on a, on a different note, I, I think it's lovely and I think it has the, the capacity to showcase different styles. For example, in collaboration, by showcasing a video of my swimmer and putting it out there to say, hey, help me fix this kid's kicks, what would you suggest? It's a collaborative platform and a community. It's creating community. If I'm creating videos or we're all creating videos, teaching a mom how to teach verbal cueing for her baby in a bathtub, we're creating change. If we're doing PSAs about why it's important to wear a swim diaper when you go to the local muni pool and about water safety and recreational water illnesses, it's a way to reach an audience that I think blog posts, pictures, articles are just not reaching. Or it's an added layer that we're educating and raising awareness. And the thing that I find myself advocating for is this idea of edutainment. And I think that oftentimes we have to be aware and mindful that as drowning prevention advocates, we're working in a medium that can be very traumatic and is traumatizing to some and is difficult. And for a mom, intrinsically, if I'm scrolling through a blog article or a photo on the discussion is about drowning statistics, I'm probably going to scroll on because it's something I don't want to learn. However, there's a capacity if I'm watching someone's TikTok video that's entertaining and silly, but oh, there's a little nugget of information on there. Maybe we can get past that intrinsic bias of no, I don't want to listen to this and get through to them. Yeah. And so this idea of edutainment and making this very difficult, very emotionally difficult subject matter if we can make it more palatable and easier to enjoy, then we, we're opening those gates. And then now people are more receptive to it. Like, oh my gosh, that TikTok was so funny. Or, oh my gosh, I never thought about drowning from that perspective. Of, oh, I never realized that drowning does this for your heart or your lungs. Or It has so much capacity. And I just am so excited to see where the drowning prevention, water safety, aquatics industry can go with this medium if they just go for it. <laughs> I love it. And the amazing work you do on it. And I love how you connect things like you have songs that come up and obviously think, man, she memorizes that all and puts it together. And I love it. I think your timing's perfect, but how it all relates. I mean, you pick those bits of a short snippet of a song <clears throat> that can you can then relate to swimming and have those extra bits written up there to hone on to the point and I think uh, as a presenter I find a lot of it you can give the information it can be you can be passionate about it and it can be so intense and someone leaves the course and their head's blowing they've done one day of a course and you know you've got to concentrate on this and as a swim teacher you've got to do that and this and this and this to be able to put it it's such a small little nugget that you know a 10 second video someone can listen and watch it and go Ah, okay, I can understand that. Now I can go off and either do my own research or I can relate to that in my own way and put that into my work. 
They're not mm-hmm. being that mind blown with it. They're getting those little tidbits, but it's also in a fun way. I just think the amazing work you do, I'm always giggling. And I, the other day I was scrolling back and just going through all your TikToks and I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> I was putting the kids to bed and I'm giggling away and they're like, what's wrong, mum? I'm like, nothing. I'm just watching some funny stuff. Thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate the kind words. I think the other aspect, the sort of evolved, find myself now even more passionate about this, is that I think, as we kind of talked about earlier, that we're all struggling with hiring and finding good qualified new hires. I think that also one of this thing that might have such a capacity to do is, is oftentimes young people who are not swimmers Never think of aquatics as a career. Yeah. But there's probably somewhere out there a nine-year-old boy or a 12-year-old boy in middle school who loves to build or engineer or loves chemistry. If they watch a video about water chemistry or pool building or tiling or training, it has such amazing capacity to like put that seed in that person's ear. Yeah, that's it. And it's just from one easy video that you've done that you've talked about you know, that one tiny topic that's, yeah, inspired their interest. And so I've sort of geared my, some of my TikTok videos, you'll start noticing patterns. Some of my videos are for parents. Some of my my videos are just to showcase swimmers, whether that be from a technical side, a motor learning perspective, like a pedagogical side, or just to showcase because parents love watching their kids on someone's TikTok or someone's Instagram. They love when you feature their kids and I love featuring them because I'm honestly proud of them. I'm genuinely so proud of them. But I also think that the, the platform has a really wonderful capacity to mentor and train and put seeds and plant seeds to develop swim instructors. And so if some 16 year old girl is in her bedroom watching my TikToks about like some funny thing or working with kids and they're like, huh, I like working with kids and I kind of like being in the pool. I never thought about being a swim instructor. This looks like something I might want to do. And maybe they go down the road of lifeguarding or working at their local Y. I just am so passionate about the idea that it has the capacity to maybe spark change and plant seeds for the next generation to sort of build this next generation of aquatics professionals because we need them. We need the use, we need the me's, we need all of these individuals that are sort of growing up and retiring out of aquatics. And unfortunately, I just am so sad to everywhere I look and everywhere I go, I'm not seeing the mentorship that I would like to see. I'm not seeing the, I'll use a very specific example. Um, I reached out to the director over at San Diego State and really was having a discussion with him about, uh, excuse me, the um, kinesiology director of the Department of Sports Medicine and Recreation. And we were talking about why is it that back in the 70s and 80s, aquatics was a minor at this university? How is it that in San Diego, no university is offering sort of a minor or even a major that advocates for aquatics, given that we have so many recreational activities that are surrounded by water and his response was there's very little interest and it's not profitable and that makes me so angry because we're not creating those channels 
to produce the, this next generation. Kids are going to high school, they don't realize it's a career, they're going to college and there's no support for aquatics. So then they are sort of piecemealing their education together. American Red Cross, WSI certification, and then they might go take 12 units of child psychology at a local college, and they might work at a swim school and get 80 hours of training and then work for a swim school for two years. Wouldn't it be wonderful if there was more advocacy for this as a profession in the same capacity as medical school or dentistry school or coaching, and that we're creating these tracks to where we're building and mentoring these new generations, because it does require business knowledge. It does require recreation and psychology. And if you were to put this all in one package, imagine how much more successful I think our industry would be because we're providing these avenues of education, training, mentorship, and professional growth for these young people to actually jump into this. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And I think the same thing happened here in Australia because so many people I talked to was like, oh, when I did it, it was actually a university thing. You went to university and you did six months to a year on the actual topic and they had professors talking about it. And, you know, now it's that one-day course with or two-day course with some information online. It's not that whole sit down and do a full university course or understanding and, you know, you're learning for six months every day sort of thing. It's interesting how, and I can see both sides. I can see how the whole, having it as a university or a college degree or a minor at least would build the interest and give them that understanding and that time to learn. And I also see the other side of having the short course means it's a bit easier for people to get the qualification and get into the system. I know I was talking to another lady who was from Wales and over there they do a week-long course and then it's a 10-day course if you want to continue and get your extension courses and go higher in the levels. But it's also in Wales and England, every swim school runs on the same program. So the Y program would be what every swim school runs you, even a private swim school would have, would follow that same program. And I think that's interesting as well. So you can have one swim teacher who works at a private swim school can then go work at the local council swim school and be, you know, be able to teach the exact same things because the same, all the swim schools teach the same levels, the same work, they get the same certificates. Yeah, I don't know. I I can see it from both sides. And I think we need to work out that happy medium where it fits, but it also brings interest into it. And like you said, plants those seeds for people that are 16. And we spoke about it, the fact that, you know, we were later coming into the industry because we never connected the two that we could actually teach and do the things we love. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Again, it's about bringing everything together. (laughs) that's our main topic that's the thing that blows our mind so what's the highlight of your journey that's such a great question because I think it comes in so many forms yeah I would say my journey and the highlight is building these lifelong relationships with these clients and these kids and the indescribable joy and satisfaction when you have a student and I'm going to use one specifically that you've had from the time they were nine months old all the way till they were five and then mom and dad moved away and you know you lost touch 
And then the next thing you know, you get an email or a Facebook message and you get notification and then you get this letter and you learn that this child who you adored and you worked so hard and they were so dedicated to lessons is now on swim team and on a sailing club and doing all these aquatic activities and just doing these great things. And more than anything, the family has really centered some of their love and activities and extracurriculars around aquatic-based activities. And they, they take it all the way back to those early experiences. You know, and I think that there's, it's such a joy to watch these kids grow up. You know, we put blood, sweat, and tears and so much of ourselves into these families because we genuinely care. And then you see them grow and you, you stay in contact or they reach out and you see the benefits of that hard work. You see the benefits of that dedication and that joy. And when you see that collective experience year in and year out, it makes up for some of those days where you are crying and you're exhausted and your skin's on fire and your hair is, you know, falling out and you're going through bottles of shampoo and you're having to shut down because of the pandemic and, you know, you're scooping poop out of the pool or you have some lady yelling at you because you had to close the pool early because of thunderstorm or because you're short staffed. It all makes it worth it when you get these letters or you see these kids grow up and they have a genuine love for the water. Yeah. I just feel, you know, ultimately besides drowning prevention, we want to just impart that love of water. We are not here to instill fear. We're not here to intimidation. We're here to have our kids be water competent and learn to love the water. And that that is just the highlight. That's what keeps me going after all these years. There's no other joy. There's no other love. I hope, and I think I would feel, many people feel the same way. You, it's a lifelong love to watch your kids succeed and be successful. Yeah. It's so. amazing. I think, like you said, those journeys of you've put that effort in as a swim teacher from the time that they were nine months till the five and then they've gone off and done those amazing achievements. I say to the people I present to, you know, you don't know if you're teaching the next Olympian. You could be teaching them at five years old and then they could hit the Olympics at 20 and you haven't had anything to do with them in between, but you've planted that seed. Yeah. Or you could be teaching, you know, the next water ski champion or the next surfer because you've introduced that water to them. You've introduced that seed. I mean, I'm finding it now with kids that I've taught, they've then stopped when they've hit 13, 14. They're now at uni and they're coming back and doing courses with me because it's something they can do in the country. They enjoy it. They're great kids. You know, they, maybe they dropped out because they didn't like the competitive swimming anymore and life took over. But to yeah. see them, they've swum with me and now they're coming back to teach like I think that for me is an amazing thing and now I can mentor them in another way in their working journey. I think, yeah, just just that change and just seeing that build. You never know what that kid is going to be in the future. I know, I know. And I think there's the piece too and I take this really seriously. I take this to heart and, and I know that a lot of people hopefully feel the same way is that I think we're also blessed with this gift that so many of these first time parents come to us in their mommy and me classes. And they're so 
insecure about motherhood or fatherhood. And, you know, they're enrolling in a, in a mommy and me swim class and we're that gateway, you know, perhaps this little one hasn't had childcare, doesn't have a nanny, isn't going to preschool yet. You know, this is their first gateway into, as a parent, putting their trust into another individual and, and putting their trust into having that individual work with their little one, but also forging that bond and that relationship between the child, the instructor and the parent. Yeah. And I feel like we're blessed with such a position to, again, plant that seed for a new mom or a new, a new dad to just build that bridge and to show them that this is what an amazing journey you can go on. Mm. You know, we're here. We love your little one. We're here to share in this journey with you. We're here to be as professionals and work towards goals. But this is a dialogue and a journey and a relationship. And we're going to go through this together. I take it seriously. And I know many do, too, that. What a blessing, what a blessing to be a part of someone's life for that really wonderful period of time. And I've been told this, you know, coming to swim class might be that one mom's just 30 minute moment of alone time with their baby outside of distractions or that one 30 minute block where it helps them bring them out of a dark place because they get to interact with other people or get to see, you know, the accomplishments of their little ones. And that I take really to heart. And I think it's such a wonderful opportunity for us to just lay that foundation and, and watch these little, these little seeds grow into these amazing plants. <laughs> I love it. Moms come back and they have baby number two and then baby number three. And then they're like throwing the baby at you. Okay, we're here for some lessons again. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> go don't worry, just dunk her. Just dunk her on the first lesson. We're good. We don't need anything. Just go. Let's go. Come on. Shiver, don't worry about her crying, just go. <laughs> I've had those ones. But it is, and I've, I've spoken to a lot of people that have gone through and they've gone, you know, I've met lifelong friends from starting swimming lessons. And, you know, when my kid went through with this child, the kids are now best friends. I'm best friends with their mum. You know, I've come out of postnatal depression because I've been able to connect with people. Even yeah. just being able to sit there and go, look, your kid's crying. It's natural. That's how they communicate. Wow, your kid's doing amazing. They finally feel like, I mean, as a mum, you go to, we have them here, maternal child health nurse appointments where they go and tick off that they've reached this stage and they're doing this. And, you know, if they're behind in something, my God, help you. You have to go to every specialist or you're doing something wrong and you feel like crap. Going to a swimming pool, everyone's on level pegging. You can go in and you can feel comfortable you can relax. And it's like you said, that time to bond. I say things to my parents like, okay, you're going to get your kid under the water submerged. They're going to come up to you. You're going to give them a pat on the back and you're going to give them a big kiss and tell them they've done really well. Like what industry can you create that bond with the parent and the child? Even the dads do it. You see the dads come up. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And here I am, a 36-year-old woman telling dads to kiss their kids in front of me. You know, like, just that connection is amazing to be able to give that opportunity. Yeah, I know. It's such a blessing. I take it seriously. I take it with all my heart. And it's just one of those things where... (sighs) (laughs) I had a feeling I'm nearly crying because of it. I know, right? We're kind of all emotional snaps because we love our kids so much. Those negative Nellies are like, oh, you just do it. You just do it for the money and you just do it because it's your job. No, we actually genuinely care about your children. 
we actually care about your kids, you know? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they're like ours. <laughs> so many times where I've been at the pool and I'll be watching someone else's kid and my kid will be there going, Mom, watch me. Oh, no, sorry, just, just wait a second. And I think, crap, I should actually be watching my own children. <laughs> I'm at the end of the pool when someone's got in and actually run like swam a race and they've been so scared I'm in tears for someone else's kid and the mum's like oh yeah they've done all right and I'm bawling going oh my god you're amazing right well we're yeah we're like working with them and they're doing a skill and they nail it and like I have literally cried in the pool out of sheer joy like yes and you look over you're like mom and they're like "Uh mm uh-huh yeah oh good Johnny that's wonderful and you're crying because you know how hard you worked for oh ah yes I know the exact feeling oh I love that after all these years, we still can be emotional and emotionally invested so deeply in our kids and their successes. Yeah. You know, I just think that that speaks so much to just the intrinsic nature of this industry and how much love and passion and dedication and genuine love and care that we have. Oh, I'm so <laughs> blessed to be a part of this world. That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. That's your next TikTok. yeah right (laughs) just tears in the pool 20 tiktok ideas let's go (laughs) you've spoken about the mentoring and how you think that's really valuable now was there anyone that was a mentor or played a big role for you in your journey as you came into swimming there are a couple people and they're pretty well known but i don't think that they realize just how much of an impact they had on me the first person was, wasn't intentional, but I was required as a college project to interview someone in my industry that was highly revered and was making huge impacts or was influential in their industry. And I was very green at the time. And I decided that I was going to reach out to a woman by the name of Alison Osinski. And here in the United States, she's a aquatic consultant specializing in pool building as well as legal matters. And You know, I think at the time I was a college freshman, didn't know anything from anything. And I reached out to her and didn't think I would hear from her. But not only did she reach out, she invited me to her home. And we wound up having the most lovely three-hour interview. And I had all these, you know, carefully planned out interview questions. And I will always be forever grateful and appreciative of how genuine and kind and forthright And generous she was with not only her time, but her opinions and her thoughts on a lot of different components and aspects of aquatics. Some of her responses were brutally honest, and I appreciate that. Some of her responses were very in-depth and and critiquing of some things that maybe I would have never have thought of looking at it from different ways. And then she helped open my mind up to looking at different problems within the industry from through different lenses. She was just an amazingly kind, generous person. And to this day, you know, she's off retired and doing her thing. And every once in a blue moon, I'll shirk her an email and say, thank you, or I hope you're doing well. But her efforts, her work, I will always be appreciative of that, that mentorship. And that, it's the attitude that I will continue to pass down my knowledge, no matter how big I am and no matter how small you are. You know, she made the time for me. And I will always be appreciative of that. And then... 
I would say that the other mentor in this industry is someone that is a little more on the nerdy side. <laughs> and that is a, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Stephen Langendorfer, who runs the International Journal of Aquatic Education and was one of the few researchers, actual like university academic researchers who advocated and specialized in the advancement of the Learn to Swim industry through objective-based science and research, looking at skills from a motor learning uh, perspective, learned at it through objectives. And you didn't see a lot of that. You still don't see a lot of that at the time. And he's one of the rare souls that actually validates and advocate for swimming and the learn to swim industry from a science perspective, from a research perspective, from a component of looking at data and gathering data and then looking at it and can you replicate it rather than maybe uh, from a psychological perspective or all these different, you know, ideologies and and, uh, pedagogical methods that different organizations come from. I'm blessed to have had a relationship with him for, I don't know, 20 years now. And it's been a mentor-mentee relationship. And I'm just so grateful for that. Again, for someone to be able to really generously share the time, love, knowledge, and he continues to advocate for our industry. You know, he's one that I look up to that, you know, while I'm not a university professor and don't have my PhD and a department chair and all this, that mentality of, of just and always coming from a position that I'm going to share my knowledge and continue to mentor wherever I can and advocate for this growth and advocacy or the promotion of this industry. I hold that near and dear to my heart. And that's something that I, I look for and I want to do for myself, for whomever I mentor. It doesn't matter if I'm 78 years old and whatever I ha- hope to accomplish in this world, if someone comes to me asking for advice or seeking knowledge, I'm never going to be too busy, too smart, or too big enough to ever deny someone that. And his knowledge is amazing to me. So he, he is definitely another mentor that has shaped my career in infinite ways. I love that. There's so yeah. two different people, different ways <laughs> have shaped your career as well. Yeah. And I think that makes such a difference that it, it highlights that you know, we don't have to, mentors don't have to be the same people. We can take bits and pieces from yeah. different mentors on yeah. and use them to help us and their skills and their knowledge. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah, great. And he's doing great work. So I'm like, okay, research. Yes, science, studies, let's go. And that's the thing because he can do the work and you can learn from that. Yeah. Like that's yeah. his and field. I think it's, Coming back full circle to what we were talking about earlier, I look forward to the anticipation of this merging of the academics with those of us that are in the trenches and working every day, because I think once we merge that, then our industry is going to continue to kind of explode and move forward. So that's exciting for me. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. And there are people like, I would love to think to be able to sit down and do the research and have that time would be amazing but yeah. not all of us can do it. And then to be able to spend that time in the water, we can't do everything all at once. So if there's people yeah. that are skilled at that and they can do that work and then bring it to us and we can implement it in the water, I think that's amazing that, like you said, we can come together and work together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be there. We'll get there. That's all right. <laughs>
So you've had great advice coming to you, but what advice would you give to a new swim teacher or coach or person in the industry? Stay humble. Um, And I say this really passionately because I have mentored a lot, or you know, I've trained a lot of instructors and there's nothing more frustrating than someone who's not willing to be coachable. Someone who's not willing to be open to learning and growing and changing and modifying and trying new things. So be humble and be coachable because without being coachable, if you get stuck into a mindset, you're going to find yourself stuck and then you're going to be unsuccessful. So being coachable allows you to expand your attitude, your positivity, your education, your knowledge, your skill set, your toolbox. And I think only by doing that allows you to become the best artist you can possibly be because without that, you're going to get stuck. I love that. That's it. Yep. And we don't want people stuck in the industry. We want people to continuously learn because that's something you need to be able to do. So yeah, being open and approachable is perfect. It comes from both sides to be open and approachable for a mentor or your, your colleagues and your management, but also for the swimmers and the parents as well. I think that's also a really good side of it too, is having parents understand that sometimes you as the parent need to allow us to be the professionals and sometimes while you're the parent we please be open and being coachable to what we're offering as well you know exactly it we understand you know your kids well but we also understand you and know your kids as well yeah we also know what we're doing (laughs) yeah that's right yes I love it (laughs) that's another TikTok video Oh, parenting styles. I'm going to do one. It's in the draft. Parenting (laughs) styles. Oh, yeah, it's there. Well, apart from being an amazing TikTok star and starting your career in film and that as we promote the industry, (laughs) what does swimming for you look like into the future? You mean as an industry or just for myself? Both. What do you think? I'd love to hear and industries in US or California? And then also, what do you see developing for you? That's actually a really great question. I'm going to start with myself. And I think what I see happening in our industry is a couple of things. I think because of the pandemic and the advancement of social media and the platform, I think that we're starting to see an evolution in how some teachers can be trained and how parents can learn to teach their own children. So maybe 10 years ago and 15, 20 years ago, it was books. I think nowadays is going to be online Zoom courses and it's starting to go that way or individual Zoom face-to-face time uh, lessons either on the pool deck or in the bathtub or even just courses that one can purchase online for a package of like nine video lessons of a particular skill set or a swim skill benchmark and then they work through those. So I think that that is going to be a facet of the industry that has not been explored before, but I see that because the capacity is there, more and more people are going to pursue that. And I think it's going to fill a niche that isn't being met right now. Um, Secondary to that, I think in the industry, two things, I think one is, and I think we've already seen this, is that individuals in the swim school and the learn to swim programs who haven't been willing or able to be adaptable are going to either be forced to, and they're going to have to reinvent their wheel, or it's going to then showcase those stronger ones. And you're going to see a a new 
development and new umbrella for our industry because of what we've been kind of forced to do is going to maybe create a new avenue for us. And so I think new health standards are gonna be kind of coming down the pipeline, new training methodologies are gonna come down the pipeline, new gold standards or um, standardizations are going to be coming down the pipeline. I think while there will always be this capitalistic competitive component of our industry, you know, I think that I'd like to see that we're also seeing that as divided as we are, we're still united in a lot of ways. And so we can come together and create change by working together by specializing all of our talents. So again, it comes back to this idea of being open to growth and change and, uh, advocating for an open mindset, but there's so many new platforms that allow us to reach a greater audience, both as professionals and as uh, parents, that by using those, we're going to change the landscape. I think it's going to be changing the landscape here in the next 10 years of how aquatics will be perceived, how it's going to be received as a business model and as sort of a public health model as well. Yeah, that's a very good point. I think all industries are changing and aquatics is going to be one of the big ones because, like you said, we may have been set in our ways, we may not have been adaptive, and now it's that time that we've got to really change how we are perceived, how we're promoted and how we undergo training or the the actual learn-to-swim component of it. Yeah, it'll be an interesting time to be in aquatics, I think. (laughs) Watch the industry just like blows up and I retire and we all retire and like, you young kids didn't know what you have. Back in my day, we had to hand vacuum the pool. And that's the one thing, we all have these triggers that annoy us and one of them is back in my day, it wasn't like this. And it's like, well, love, it's a new day, a new year, a new generation but, yeah, I can just imagine seeing myself when I'm 60, 70, 80 going back in my day and triggering someone else. Yep. <laughs> Gotta love it. We are not getting any younger. No, <laughs> you can say that again. Oh, damn it. <laughs> so I've got a bit of a doozy one to ask you now. Okay. How can we as individuals but also as an industry, promote and develop learn to swim side and also the competitive swimming to encourage more participants and can we do all that with less funding? TikTok. (laughs) That's a heavy one. That's a three-minuter right there. I think it, it all boils down to something very, very simple. I think it is about changing the landscape of awareness and education and understanding, meaning that we have to change the landscape of how it's perceived right now. For young parents who never thought of water safety as a component of raising a child the same way that they look at seatbelt safety, that landscape needs to change. And I think we're working towards that. All these social media campaigns, public health campaigns, Wellness campaigns through all these different mediums are working towards that goal. So I think we just have to continue to stay dedicated to it. I think 
one of the things that we are seeing in this industry, and that can be interpreted as both good and bad, depending on how you talk to, is that when the last 20 years, the concept of swim school as a profitable business and aquatics has exploded. Because of that, I do think that there's a wonderful capacity for more and more families to understand how beneficial swimming is on so many levels. Whereas maybe 30 years ago, the idea of a swim school was not heard of and nobody really took it too seriously. But because the business model is starting and has exploded and you're starting to see more exposure and more awareness of swim schools and swim programs, it is becoming more and more interwoven into the landscape of parenthood. And it's going to, and I hope that maybe in the next 30 years, 10, 15, 20, who knows, that more and more parents will see and have more opportunities to enroll their children in swimming programs because there's gonna be more facilities that are close by to them. Where this gets a little sticky, and this gets, you know, this is where you're merging funding, politics, and capitalism, quite frankly, is that I think it's a responsibility and I'd like to see this change. I think it is the responsibility of many of these private swim school owners to hold state into how, how you are going to contribute to those families that may not be able to afford your prices and how are we able to support the municipal and publicly funded pools that are short staffed or unable to operate year round or need a location for their swim team. And so I think as naive as I may sound with this, I think that sometimes it would be lovely to see the private sector work more closely with public sector to be more generous with all resources, whether that be funding, scholarships for lessons, sharing resources, whether that be training, education, whether that be the facilities. I would like to see that happen. And I think if we were to do that, it would only advocate for our industry. Unfortunately, there is those uh, negative side effects that if it doesn't help make them money, then people don't want to do that. The other thing too is raising awareness and providing opportunities for lesser represented populations to have a voice in this industry. And again, I know I sound like a broken record, but this comes back to representation raising awareness and avenues for access. And that goes from all the way back to populations with a low socioeconomic status don't have access to expenses from schools. They do have access to a community pool, but then we have to consider factors of all kinds of things. Do they have clothes to wear to the pool? Can they even afford a bathing suit? So are there community resources and how can we join forces with community resources, nonprofit groups and organizations that create avenues to access then that link to avenues of mentorship that then link to avenues of joining with both nonprofit and private sector to create avenues of greater funding resources, then that could advocate for the advocacy of programming that will then lead to more of all of it. You have greater pro growth. You have greater opportunities for kids to get exposure to lessons. You have less drowning rates. You have individuals that are commonly less represented in aquatics starting to have a voice. And I think until we have other parts of our population that may not be as loud, 
we can't advance this industry and representation matters on how that is defined. And so having those avenues is gonna be important for those channels to open up. And then finally, I think, again, this if we're talking swim team, moving into competitive swim, you know, looking in the channel of swim team goes all the way back down to those feeder programs. So how are those feeder programs being supported? Are the local schools being able to support them? Are the swim schools being able to support them? Are there parent groups? Is there interest in supporting these things? Are businesses able to support them through scholarships, charities, things like that? And then moving into it, again, using it as competitive swim for exercise, mental health, recreation, all weight loss, all these types of avenues, however, whatever you choose to grow through is going to be important for whatever overseeing body to advocate for those avenues. Because these collegiate swim teamers or swimmers are going to go off and maybe it would be wonderful if there's avenues for them to access a career in aquatic rehab, aquatic PT, facility management. There's all these channels that we can do, but it requires scaffolding and it requires support systems. And I feel that the only way that we can do that is through, again, this sound like a broken record, having these unified voices that are working together to create these channels. And sometimes that means that we might have to put some capitalistic greed aside. We might have to put on a, a hat of working with some nonprofits. Nonprofits might have to work with corporations. Corporations have to work with schools. So it becomes this giant web of communication, networking, and rapport building. And where the biggest sentiment comes down to is I think the challenge that us in this industry have to work on as a large question is how do we build value into that? And I think when we can answer that question to a point where people see it as profitable on all levels, spiritually, emotionally, physically, mental health, the family unit, all of those channels, then I think it would be allowing us to grow and advocate for that industry in a much different capacity. So it is quite complicated and it involves so much more than you and I jointly can have the power. But that comes back to having that courage to speak and use your voice and build your network and continue to strive for those goals that you want to do and work hard for them. So there's a lot of aquatic professionals right now that are really passionately marching on Capitol Hill, making change. And there's people that are working on all these behind the scenes to have all these threads, hopefully start to weave into this web that we can create these changes. And I love that it is about the scaffolding and the web that we can do and those connections. And yeah, it is bigger than the two of us, but we can put our voice out there and we can start that building process and, you know, we can influence someone else to get involved and put their bit of scaffolding up and they can then bring someone else into it. And if we can connect together and put out our voice and start connecting that scaffolding, I think we can come together as an industry in it. You know, we can sit back and say, oh, it's bigger than us, so why even bother? But where's that going to get it? And you never know, our voice could change someone else and they could be the difference in it. You know, a new 16-year-old child coming into the industry and starting their career, you don't know what they're going to achieve in it and we could be that voice to get them in to then expand on that. Yeah, exactly. I agree completely. 
I love it. It is a huge picture and it does blow your mind. But if you look at it as those little steps is what you can do towards the industry. And and definitely, like you said, value, have that value orientation in everything you do, whether it is a paid value or whether it is giving back in mentorship or running programs or, you know, that are free that people can uh, connect with or even donating old swimsuits. I'm putting away swimsuits that fitted my kid that, you know, I'll give away for free because what's the point of me keeping them when they're still good quality? Someone else's kid can use it. Like maybe it's starting a pool of swimsuits that we can just post to someone for free yep. you never know absolutely absolutely yeah it's so many different little threads woven into this tapestry that is going to create this large beautiful portrait that will just be amazing I love that that idea yeah making that portrait and it's like those ones that you see of little pictures of something that or you know a picture of something they mosaics yeah. yeah, yep, they put down and then it becomes one big picture of all together. Yeah, I love that idea. That's brilliant. That's a good visual. I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's you doing your TikTok involved in all of that. <laughs> so how can we find you on TikTok? Uh, I can be found at Elemental Aquatics. So my TikTok handle is just at Elemental Aquatics. It'd be at um, Elemental and then underscore and then Aquatics. So find me there. How your your TikTok, you share them on Facebook as well. So if there are. I do. You can find me on Facebook under Angela Wild, Angela Wild and then Elemental Aquatics. Yeah. Yeah. I I try to cross post everything. And Instagram too, at Elemental Aquatics. You can find me anywhere. And I usually cross post everywhere. So sometimes I'll post little nuggets on my TikTok that I don't post anywhere else. And I do that intentionally, depending on my market or the audience. It's fun. You've inspired me to get onto TikTok and have a look at those awkward videos that you start off with. It's very cringy at first. You got to get over that. I will say this, you know, I'm excited and blessed to be chosen as a speaker for the National Drowning Prevention Alliance's national conference coming up in here in April. And my topic of choice is about using TikTok as a platform to raise awareness and water safety and edutain, edutain and mentor. So that presentation is going to be dual-sided in terms of just how to get started on it. And then helping the audience find out and create strategies of what they want their platform to look like. Because again, my platform has different intentions and a meaning than yours. And so Uh, that presentation is going to hopefully help some people get started, find their voice, or at least get the ball rolling on their creative journey with this platform. I love that. That is brilliant. I'm also going to recommend to Asta and other swim organisations in Australia that when you do run your conferences, that they speak to you, because I think that's something that to bring swimming into the modern era is, you know, simple things like TikTok is going to, expand our audience and expand what we can do. So to be able to share that, I've also started doing online programs and I think maybe an online course of how to use TikTok might be a new thing and a new yep. venture for you. Yep. You know, 2022 is going to be a very busy year for me. I've also got a nonprofit starting, so I'm excited about that. So Fantastic. I'll share Tell more. Us. 
I'll share more about that later. It's still in the works. We'll have to get you back on. <laughs> I already said too much. So, all good. Secrets out. We'll have to get you back on when it's up and running to talk about it. Yes, I'm excited. I, I'm very excited to be able to provide this and there's going to be a lot of good that will come of it. So I'm just so excited about this. Good work. I love it. I get the ducks in the row first. <laughs> well, I just want to say thank you so much. Like I said, you've inspired me. The work you do is amazing and I'm just so glad I came across you. I don't even remember how I came across you on Facebook, but just the nuggets you give, what you do for our industry, the understanding you have. You're not just a swim teacher. You are amazing. And I think the work that you do is brilliant to not only teach kids to swim, mentor the people in the industry, but to develop a amazing industry and promote and bring people together and share what we do and I'm just so thankful that you've been able to give me some of your time to be able to share that with the industry and I can't wait to see what comes of it and how you've inspired people to maybe start a whole new stream of TikTok or somehow build that scaffolding for themselves. I'm excited we'll see but it's going to be a unified team effort so let's get on it. (laughs) That's it. Unified it is. We're going to build that unified team effort now. Go. Hashtag. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me on. This has been such a joy. And I, like all of us in this industry, we love talking about this stuff that we love. So thank you for giving me an opportunity to kind of just share my passions with another fellow passionate aquatics professional, because we just verbal vomit all the love everywhere, right? It's well normally I edit these podcasts but I'm thinking I'm not going to because it is just so like you said verbal vomit but what you've shared and what we've developed has been absolutely amazing it's been all of it has been so knowledgeable and is going to make such a big difference so I don't think I will be editing I think it's just going to be one of the easiest ones it just gets shared straight away (laughs) yeah love it love it love it